What's up, Real Buzzers? Before we start today's show, please go on Facebook and follow us at Real Buzz Takes. Then head to Instagram, follow us at Real Buzz Crew. Then head to Twitter and follow us at Real Buzz Crew. Um, also, please make sure to rate, subscribe, and review. It really does help the podcast out a lot. Also, feel free to send us an email at any time at realbuzztakes at gmail.com. And if you go to anchor.fm backslash realbuzztakes, you can also leave us a voice message, which we will certainly play live in a future episode. All right, let's start the show. Coming up on the pod, we talk a Mariah Carey Christmas song ban, Aaron Rodgers misleading the media about his vaccination status, a missing Turkish man who joins his own search party, and the movie we are reviewing today, The Departed. Yeah, hey, fucking rage. If you want a movie review, look no further than these dudes. You got real buzz route on the mic, you got cannabis keen and he's alright. Caitlin is giving all she can give and Calvin doesn't even know where he is. This is Real Buzz Takes with the Real Buzz Crew. Welcome to another edition of Real Buzz Takes. Today we are the Real Buzz 2 in episode 101. I'm Real Buzz Rob. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. I do. That's a fact. Yeah. And to my left, we have Keenan, a.k.a. Keenan the Campbell, a.k.a. Cannabis Keenan, a.k.a. Keenan the Barbarian, Keenan Robertson. How's your mother? She's on her way out. You all are. Act accordingly. <laughs> I, there's uh, the line from this movie that I love about that. He's like, uh, go fuck yourself. He's like, uh, I'm, I'm tired from fucking your wife. Oh yeah, how's your mother doing? Good. She's tired for fucking she's my tired father. Tired for my father. Yeah, I thought that's what that was going to be at first, and then I realized. It I wasn't. looked for that. I couldn't find it. The sometimes the soundboards I can locate on these films is a little limited, so okay. I, it's a, I only have, I can only find so much. Well, it doesn't fucking matter. Banazawa, Romania, and I'm yeah, I'm here. I guess I was here for the first most of the first hundred episodes. So fuck it, I'll show up for I guess a hundred more. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, at least at least another hundred. At least another hundred. Let's 100, do another hundred. You know, uh, one fifty. We'll get there. We'll see what happens. We'll start it hot. Yeah. With the departed. Uh, yeah. So the over under on how many minutes of this podcast will be in a bad Boston accent? I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna set the over under at twenty, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over. Yeah. Well, say we're on. Let's flash forward to the future. Okay. And uh, somebody's, we're on episode 150 and somebody's just listening to that one, you know? Yeah. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to go back and listen to episode 101 for some reason. The first hundred podcasts are the no accents. From now on, this oh, turns into an accent podcast. That, that's only. not true at all, though. There are been I know, plenty of accents. It, it's going to get extremely heavy with accents during these next hundred episodes. The Departed? Yeah, that's well, my prediction. At least 101. Yeah. If we keep doing movies, you know, from fucking Boston and stuff, we, you know. We Dude. Fucking guy, dude. This fucking movie guy, not only does it have the Boston accent. Oh, my God, dude. But it's got wicked use of the uh, Irish accent, too. So, like, my two favorite accents, all in one movie. Well, and we're going to get to that towards the Real Buzz rundown because I actually rank the Boston accents and their accuracy in this movie, or at least to the ones that I prefer. Uh, but there's also strange non-Boston accents in this film. You've got yeah. you've got Fitzy, who I think is Irish. He just sounds like an old drunk guy. I'm not going to be home for supper. Oh, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> you think you spell citizens like that's a terrible impression of him, but it's obviously. Sorry, you fucking spell citizens. 
I think he's Irish. He's, but he's like, it's, it's his accent. It's like, oh, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. It's like, oh, deep citizens. in the mulch. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. Yeah, it's almost fat bastard. Maybe all, he's Scottish. I spent all fucking night doing it. I'm embarrassed. I, I just assume he's Irish, though. Well, and then you've got Mr. French, who's just British. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's true. He's kind of hiding it, kind of not. We'll get to it. Anyway. Well, and then Queenan doesn't really have an accent at all. He doesn't go super What are you talking about? Core. He absolutely does. He doesn't go hardcore with Martin it. Sheen? He doesn't go hardcore. Martin Sheen's is insane. That's my son, Charlie. He goes to Notre Dame. I mean, come on. No, it's, dude, You, what movie were you watching? I can't wait to get to this ranking section. Anyways. Let's all right. fucking potty. All right, let's fucking check the news out, guy. The news. One of you mugs got a light? <laughs> I got a lot to say about this movie. Let's get through this shit. All right. We're starting really. off with the Mariah Carey Christmas song band. Ban. For fuck's sake, Rob. Ban. It's not a band. So they put a Band-Aid on it? <laughs> yeah. A bar in Dallas uh, riled up some fans and garnered a response from Mariah Carey herself after putting a ban on patrons playing her Christmas classic, All I Want for Christmas is You, Yeah. until December 1st, at which point they can only play it one time per night. The bar left a note on the jukebox saying... That if the song was played before December first, it would be skipped, and if it were played more than one time a night during the month of December, it would be skipped. Mariah Carey responded to the story with a tweet of her own, which pictured her in what I can only describe as a Xena warrior princess outfit, <laughs> with a caption saying, "So this is the war on Christmas I've been hearing about." Oh, so she she dressed up like a warrior princess on purpose. Yeah, no. So to I fight for the right mm -hmm, of yeah, Christmas. It had like a very a uh, princess diana no that's not right uh diana Tar uh, not tarazi the wonder woman uh gal gadot yeah no but her name in the film is Di anyway she looked like wonder oh woman. yeah diana I, does she have a last name nah, i think so you know what's confusing about that movie is the place that they the magical place is called the mascara yeah it's well, really the mascara and you can't really call her princess diana but she is a princess because obviously that's that's lady die yeah i kept thought kept thinking they were talking about uh uh, makeup. That Lady Die joke was funny, though. That made me laugh in the middle of it. So, anyway, yeah. You know. Wonder um, Woman, good movie. Haven't done that episode yet. Stay tuned. Yeah. No, we have actually. Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, but not the original. True. Fuck, I forgot we did 84, though. But my, uh, my only personal take on this is as a former professional club DJ of more than a decade, I'm a huge fan of this policy, not just for <laughs> this song, but for all the other songs like it. it it's appropriate at the appropriate time. The appropriate amount of times. I fucking am not gonna. I swear to God, dude. I was up in the air. Dude. I swear to God, dude. I fucking no. I was. I. I was coming up. I was making my bones as a DJ during the era of Call Me Maybe, and I literally oh, yeah. had to put signs up saying I'm only playing it X amount of times. If you come up and request it, and I've already played it seven times, I'm not playing it again. Was it always seven times or? Did you change how many numbers? No, I didn't even give it seven. I uh, could see you starting with seven, and then by the end of the night, it's like crossed out down to four yeah. or whatever. Nothing. I've had it. As someone who, and again, this will come off as kind of a pretentious and douchey, but I was a real, like, I actually had skill as a DJ. Like, I was paid a lot of money at certain times to make decisions about songs, not just the decisions about the songs, but to are like to mix them, to scratch. There's like a whole thing, like a whole skill set that I had. So nothing pissed me off more when people would pay me an exorbitant amount of money to DJ and they'd just be like, hey, dude, can you just put on a playlist? And like, I got like five songs over here in a row. I'm like, no, dude, that's not what I do. I'm, I'm not a wedding DJ. I'm not a jukebox DJ. That's not what you hired. So yeah. I'm a big fan of this policy. I, I 
I'm conflicted. Handsome Rob doesn't take requests. <laughs> I'm conflicted on it because, you know, Christmas really is my favorite holiday. It's, I, it's a good holiday. I, and I actually like Christmas music, but I don't like this fucking song. It's bad, yeah. I've never really enjoyed this song. So, yeah. and, and another thing is, and I'm going to sound like Scrooge, and you hear this argument every Christmas, and really every year, but, I mean, November 1st is a little too early. Even as a Christmas fan and someone that's not a huge fan of Thanksgiving, I think November 1st, come on, we got to lay off with the Christmas stuff. Hear me out. Why don't we do this? Let's make a new genre of music called Thanksgiving music that we play in November. Well, the only Thanksgiving song I know is uh, Over the River and Through the Woods. Is that? A, I, I thought that was like a song about the, the, the Big Bad Wolf or something. Or like To Grandmother's House We Go? Yeah, Red the Riding Hood. The horse knows the way to carry the sleigh through the... How is that about Thanksgiving? I don't know. I always thought it was a Christmas song, but I got an argument with my dad one year when smartphones existed. Uh, Todd would know. He proved me wrong. Todd would know this. This this seems like an obscure fact that Todd would have the correct information about. Yeah. And I don't even, like, I don't know what you're going to do with music. Just listen to fucking Top 40 until Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then we can celebrate Christmas. Well, the good news is, I mean, the way consumers consume music now it's not like the radio now you you have apple music you have everything on demand that you want to listen to yeah. so you can listen to christmas music whenever you want yeah so really it, don't make everyone else at a bar listen to yeah that fucking in public song. places christmas music shouldn't be played till the at least the second week of november yeah thanksgiving in my opinion is when you can start playing that shit yeah second week of november i'd be okay with that november 14th start playing it all you want and you can't play the song about the goddamn shoes the christmas shoes until december the shoes. The shoe. I don't know. What it's you're like a sad about. song. You know what I'm talking about? I think. I think it's a. Um, the shoes. A Luther Vendros song. I don't know what you're talking about. Is uh, it the well, last Christmas I gave you my heart, but the very next day you gave it away? No, it's not that. Luther Vendros did not sing that song. Yeah, who was that? That's. Uh, no, no, no. It's like a, about this. Uh, about this poor person that can't afford shoes, and someone buys shoes for him. It's very sad. That is very sad. Yeah, people love it. Yeah, I like the Bing Cosby Christmas, the Elvis Christmas. You know, play that shit instead. It's pretty white, but I like it. I mean, whatever. What are you going to do? Dean right. Martin. I like Dino. Yeah. Dino Spamone. Those are like the three Christmas CDs I listen to. <laughs> I have a Jimmy Buffett Christmas album. <laughs> Wasted on Christmas. <laughs> Smoking on Sunday. <laughs> Pissed off the missus. All, All right, right, moving on. Fun news story this week about Aaron Rodgers misleading the media about his vaccination status. John Wick, sweet costume. He had a sweet costume. Have you read about this? Have you heard this? <laughs> What's that from? Ah, no, oh, that's, that's Jimmy. It's, no, no, no. It's my Jay Leno. Oh, okay. Have you heard well, about this? Have you seen this? I thought you were doing Jimmy as Jay Leno. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Have you heard about this? Hey, have you seen this? this? Have you heard about this? Uh, okay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is an official scratch against the Chiefs this Sunday after testing positive for COVID-19. Thank God we need it. That's, yeah. that's a huge break for us. Oh, yeah. Uh, for vaccinated players, two negative tests 24 hours apart allows them to rejoin the team and their activities, um, while unvaccinated players must abstain from all team facilities for 10 days. This is interesting because earlier this year, when the media asked Rogers if he'd been vaccinated during training camp, he replied, quote, yes, I'm immunized. I did a lot of research before I made my decision. There are guys on the team that haven't been vaccinated. I think it's a personal decision. I'm not going to judge those guys. So... It's interesting. What he said was he was immunized, which doesn't necessarily mean vaccinated. Yeah. It means he likely had COVID-19 once before and assumed he was immune, even though that's not true. And I think he kind of, he, he didn't, he 
didn't directly lie, but he misled. He misled the media into saying like, hey, I did research and I'm immunized when really he's not, he hasn't been vaccinated. The team has known it and he's kind of been playing like he was. And uh, I, it's just weird. I don't know why he wouldn't just not answer the question. Like, see, I hadn't heard about that. Uh, yeah, this he, is a fr- I, I heard he got tested positive for COVID. That happened while I was at work, and I haven't. Seen oh, everyone's about freaking it. out because he told the media he basically implied that he was vaccinated. That, yeah, that's a clever choice of words there. Right when you read that, it was like, oh, I see what he did there. If you're smart enough to manipulate language in that way yeah. to get around a question, you're smart enough to know that you should just take the fucking vaccine. Honestly, and poor job on the journalist for not following up to that. Like, I mean, he he just twisted words majestically but not even even if you don't follow up in the moment somebody's got to follow up on that catch that i mean you, you printed think, that quote yeah but now everyone looking back is like oh i see oh yeah well yeah i heard it there that, that makes sense it's, i don't know it, if i would have thought anything of it though at the time it's so strange to me that these really super high profile athletes I, take they're they're obviously intelligent people they understand how to look at basic statistical scientific analysis and data and make a decision. And based off of that data, they're like, I don't think so. Like, (laughs) I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't either. So, and it's fine. I mean, but it's also weird when he doesn't get the vaccine, but then tries to make everyone think that he did. So he doesn't come off as like a non-team player. Well, he didn't flat out just lie, I guess. Uh, Uh, He manipulated language. Twisted words. He, he He misled. But I'm saying, uh, had he been going out there, had he been crusading to get vaccinated, had he been going out and saying, yeah, I've got the vaccine, like had someone followed up at any point and directly asked him, so did you get the vaccine? Yes or no, Aaron? See, I've got more respect for Kyrie Irving. At least he's dying on the hill and he's like, fuck it, I'm not doing it. Aaron Rodgers is like, yeah, I did it, but I didn't. Yeah, well, he just twisted words. He, he, yeah, Kyrie Irving is at least upfront and honest about his position. As dumb and as ridiculous as I think his position might be, he thinks the earth is flat, so it's fine. But <laughs> yeah, it's at least he's honest about his actual position. Aaron Rodgers is like, I did a lot of research, I've been immunized, and I don't judge anyone who doesn't get immunized or vaccinated. Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. I just, it's, I mean, came at a good time for the Chiefs. I hope he, I hope it's a mild case and, you know, he oh, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. It's, he, especially since him being immunized means he's already had it once. It, it, yeah, he's going to be fine. So, uh, while we were talking about Aaron Rodgers, though, and he likely got it at his Halloween party, that's just my speculation. Yeah, man. He didn't. Um, did you see the video of him dressed as John Wick, you know, dancing, yeah, shooting again? He, he recreated the dog picture, too. Yeah, but yeah. didn't didn't it look like he was in, like, a retirement home or something? He was, like, at the lamest fucking party in the world at, like, a skating rink or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. But, well, I, that, I've had questions about that all weekend. Man, I just, his, his, um, his roster is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. Started off Olivia Munn. Danica Patrick, he's engaged to Shailene Woodley. Uh, this is very sexist, Rob. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. What What? What, what am I saying? He dates beautiful women. Shailene Woodley, she's like my age, and he's like, I feel like he's He's like old 10 years older than you. Yeah. 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 It's fine. Yeah. That's, it's, uh, that, that was not sexist. He's got a, he's dated a lot of beautiful women. He has. Yeah. He's yes, Aaron he Rodgers. Has. He's Aaron Rodgers. I, I like him overall. Glad he's not playing for the Chiefs. I guess he should have 
discount double checked his vaccination status. I I don't yeah. <laughs> I'll allow the applause. I didn't know which one to go with there. We'll allow it. No, that the was applause. good. Come on. That was we'll off the dome. It. We'll allow it. That was good. All right. Moving on to This was an interesting story out of Turkey. Oh. A missing Turkish man joins his own search party. Uh forgive me for brutalizing this name. I'm never going to get it correct. Behan Mutlu was reported missing after he wandered away from his friends in a forest while drunk, later joined by people who were helping the authorities search for him. He had wandered away from his friends in a forest while drunk, as I just said. His wife and his friends reported him missing, and after they were unable to get in touch with him for several hours. Mr. Mutlu, Mutlu, M-U-T-L-U, Mutlu, who was 50 years old, by the way, later regained consciousness in the woods, walked home, found the group of people who was his search party, helped them start searching for him until they started yelling his name, in which he replied, I'm here. Is this true? It's a true story. Where'd you find this? I don't know. It was... On the internet? Yeah. On some, like, clickbait thing? No, no. Facebook? No. Facebook? No. No. I don't think... I feel like I've I've heard this story before. I Googled Odd News, and it came up, and it was, was was like, a global (laughs) Odd News website. I had to really dig, man. All these fucking news stories are depressing as fuck. (laughs) I didn't want to do any fucking depressing stories. Well, if that story is true, I mean... That's that's crazy. His name is Behan Mutlu. You can Google it. I mean, I'm not going to. It was a pretty short story. And yeah. I didn't like triple source it. It sounds like something I'd make up. I mean, I did. Or that somebody I would did, just I, make I, up. I, did, I didn't make it up. I, I believe that you didn't did. make it up. Uh, I, trust me, man. I, it's the rule of three. I thought, well, can we can we get away with just two news stories? I'm like, no, there's got to be three. You got, yeah. So it's the rule of three. I had to find a third one in... This missing Turkish man, I it, dude, I was going the whole week like, God damn it, I cannot find a third story. <laughs> and honestly, the Aaron Rodgers one just came up today. I really only had one. Yeah. And it wasn't strong. It was Mariah Carey's song <laughs> being banned. Like, I was really digging deep. Yeah. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying I don't know if I believe that story. Well. But, you know. You could, I, I mean, crazier things have happened, surely. It doesn't sound that weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it just sounds like a group of people really overreacted to their drunken alcoholic dad being lost in the woods and yeah but nobody knew what he looked like what do you mean i don't know i mean it was a search party yeah yeah so they i mean how long has he passed out drunk that they just have a search party for him this says hours i mean how long have you ever I, passed I, out I drunk hours i've never been to turkey who knows what goes on over there yeah i could i mean the turkish people that they all look alike you never know what i just made that <laughs> i don't know <laughs> they got some strong booze maybe that make you pass out for seven days that wild turkey that's yeah, stupid yeah yeah, yeah, that one's the boo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that one. That's not, they're, they're, you can't bet a thousand. Oh, well. All right, let's see. Uh, moving on to the film we are reviewing today. The Departed. The Departed. What's the name of The Departed? The Departed. Well, no, they, that's a line from the movie. Oh, what yeah. was the name of The Departed? Yeah. yeah, which is actually a remake of a Chinese film called Infernal Affairs. Oh, did not know that. Yes. It right. was a remake. Scorsese, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, release date, September 6, 2006. Director was- it Makes me feel old. Yeah, this movie's 15 years old. I mean, goddamn. 15? Yeah, that's crazy. And I thought Leo was like kind of getting older in this movie. He's like yeah. 50 now. He's I remember not, seeing this in theaters. They're like they're like all 30 in this movie. Isn't that weird? They're all 30 in this movie. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm I 32. was 15 when it came out. I guess I was 17. Yeah. Yeah. I remember getting do? a handy watching this movie on Blu-ray one time. I was going to say, in the theater? No, not in the theater. 
I think I saw it in the movies. I guess I get cut so easy. I just never understood jerking off in a theater. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. I interrupted. Uh, Director Martin Scorsese. So we've done Martin in prior podcasts. So we're going to do five fun facts. Five fun facts. Number one was one of only three directors in the running to direct Schindler's List. The other two, Spielberg. Yep. And Roman Polanski, which is an Quentin odd choice. Tarantino. No, that would have been a. He did that movie later. That's it was true. called Inglorious Bastards. That's true. His <clears throat> highest. So, number two, highest grossing film he directed to date is. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street? Correct. All right. This is Wolf of Wall Street. Won his only best director Oscar for this movie, The Departed. He was up for it in 91. In 77 and 1980, in 91, Dances with Wolves, Kevin Costner beat him out. In 1977, G- uh, John G. Alvidson beat him out for Rocky, which that's terrible. What were his? Do you have his movies? Rocky. No, I mean the movie that he directed. Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver. What yeah. did he direct in 91? Was that Goodfellas? Goodfellas. Okay. So Costner's Dances with Wolves beat him out for Goodfellas in 91. Disagree. John Advildson's Rocky beat out Taxi Driver in 77. Disagree. Yeah. Uh, Robert Benton Kramer, uh, Robert Benton's Kramer versus Kramer beat out Raging Bull in 1980. I've never seen Kramer versus Kramer or uh, it's, it's, Raging Bull. It's a Hoffman movie. Enough. They're both pretty good movies. Yeah, um, I, should, I should go back and watch them. That's that's the most believable one of the three. Yeah. But the, Rocky, and no. Uh, Dances with Wolves? No. Yeah, get out of here. Upon revisiting that, that's something I think. I think Goodfellas and Taxi Driver were both far superior movies to this. Especially, I think Goodfellas is directed. I think Goodfellas is a top five movie all time. The cinematography and everything. like It's perfect. Yeah. I I fucking love Goodfellas. I'm going to get to it later, but Scorsese's style is just, I love it. I love it. Incredible. He's a big fan of using Pink Floyd. I that's I was gonna say his use of like licensed music yeah. is fucking great. Well, he uses that same Pink Floyd song in Goodfellas in this movie and one other movie he's done. He loves that song. Yeah, but it, this version was some. It wasn't Pink Floyd singing it while uh, him and what's her name are banging. Really? Yeah, because I didn't know that. I I shazammed it. I was like, I wonder who this is, and fuck, I can't remember. So who it's it was. a cover. It was like Van Morrison and somebody covering it. Of course, yeah. it's Van Morrison. But like when uh, that Dropkick Murphy songs kicks off at the in the yeah. towards the end of the movie, it's just shipping a off to Boston banger. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I talk. So I know this 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 movie cemented that song and like that song in the Rock and Roll yeah. Hall of Fame. But and then Frank gets all pissed. He's like, "Get rid of the fucking tails!" And the song stops. I, I don't know. It's no. so fucking good. Anyway, uh, number four, he is on record as saying the funniest comedy sketch he's ever seen is Dave Chappelle play a hate ball. Okay. That's a bit of a wild card. That that is good. It's a good one though. It is a funny one. It's like not it. one of my favorite Chappelle skits. It's but not even one of my top three. Yeah, it's, it's probably not even top five or no. ten maybe for me. But it's funny. I it, guess it's pretty funny. Uh, Dave yeah. Chappelle carries that skit. Yeah. Uh, well, well, Charlie Murphy's pretty funny in it. Yeah, too. yeah, he's not bad. I've gone back. A lot of people say that they really like that skit. So I've gone back and I have the, more appreciation the, for it. The but. thing that throws me off about that skit is Ice T. He's not very funny. Yeah. I still, I mean, I don't know. I went back and watched the World Series of Dice. So like, good. A few months ago. That, that one's underrated. Yeah, that's one of my favorite Ashley ones. Ashley Larry's the best. Hardly anyone ever talks about that, it's but I love it. It's such a good one. Grits and Gravy, Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, Eddie, Bur- uh, yeah. Eddie Griffin. Yeah. And then he, uh, Dave's Leonard Washington. Yeah. Where I'm from, 
Little town called none of your goddamn business. Little town called none of your goddamn business. That's hilarious. So good. So good. Yeah, Donnell Rollins is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and the last and final five fun facts. As director, he has brought in over $2 billion at the box office. Hey. $2.1 If his name's attached, I'll watch it. He, I think, is technically graded as one of the top five directors all time. Yeah. I would agree with that. that. I mean, that's not that's not me. I am saying it, but that's not even me saying it. It's like the, the Academy is like top five director. All it's time. crazy that him and like Francis Ford Coppola and Spielberg and George Lucas like were he's, all boys yeah, back but, in the day. But he's above all of them. I agree. Um, but it's just crazy that they were all like boys and film students and no, shit back I mean, in the day. Yeah, you know? they, they came from the same class. You yeah, know, it's yeah. they, it, they they were all incredible, man. Made some uh, each one of them has made some of the most successful movies. You of could time. compare them to the 2004 NBA draft class, which had go. LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Dwight Howard, a um, bunch of other guys who yeah. were just top level guys, uh, all NBA guys, top 50 players ever. Yeah. All right, moving on to cats. Cast away. Jack Nicholson as Frank Costello. Matt Damon as Colin Sullivan. Leonardo DiCaprio as Billy Costigan. Honorable mention, Mac Wahlberg as Digman, Dignum, Jesus Christ, Dignum, Martin Sheen as Captain Queenan, Vera Farmiga as Madeline, Ray Winstone as Mr. French, Mr. French, Alec Baldwin as Captain Ellerby, Anthony Anderson as Brown, and Kevin Corrigan as Cousin Sean Costigan. What a cast. Great cast. What a cast. Fantastic. Great cast. Kevin Corrigan is in so many things. See the guy that owns the house in Superbad? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Puerto Ricans think they know everything. If they know anything, they wouldn't be Puerto Rican. What's that from? That's from this film. Oh, okay. When they're sitting in the car, and then Leo tells him to keep it to two eight balls an hour, which seems excessive. Okay. That's a lot of Coke. That is a lot of Coke. That's, I guess, eighth of, eight balls an eighth of an ounce. So two eight balls would be a quarter of an ounce? Yep, that's how that works. Okay, uh, that's a lot of blow. As far as I can tell, that's a lot of blow to do in an hour. Uh, also, in the second hundred episodes, look forward to drug math with Rob. Drug math with Rob. So according to that math, if he was doing <laughs> two eight balls an hour, he would do an ounce of blow in four hours. That's a lot of cocaine. I don't I, know if his heart would take that. Yeah, that seems, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess if he's George Young, maybe. Oh, shout out to blow. Yeah. That, maybe we'll do that in the second hundred. Who knows? Boston George. Boston George. Didn't he just die recently? No, he just got out of prison recently. Oh, okay. That fucking guy, he's like, uh, dude, he just defies death. He he did more he did more coke than a horse does on a, on a daily basis for 15 years, yeah. and he's just fine. Yeah. I don't get it. I mean, what are you going to do? He's like Keith Richards. Yeah, maybe they, you know, have the same mother. <laughs> How's your mother? How's your mother? All right, Jack Nicholson. Same father. Before this, known for Agina Town, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, The Shining, Batman, A Few Good Men, Mars Attacks, As Good As It Gets, and Anger Management. After this, known for The Bucket List, How Do You Know, which was uh, the last film he ever did, which was a rom-com with Paul Rudd, Reese Witherspoon, and Owen Wilson. Never saw it, but I kind of want to now. Yeah, I never saw it. Came out in 2010. I vaguely remember it. Real quick, George Young did die, May of 2021. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. How old was he? Ah, uh, fuck. Should have kept it I out. thought he just got out of prison. Uh, I think he got out of prison and then died shortly thereafter. Uh, 42 to 21. What's that? <laughs> um, 
That would be 58 plus... 78. Yeah. 78 years. That's not bad. That's not a bad run. Yeah, he was released in 2014. No, he wasn't released in 2014. Yeah? No, he wasn't. He was... Due to be released in 2014. Yeah, he didn't get out until 2019 or something. 2017. Okay, fine. Liver and kidney failure. You would have thought it would have been a heart attack. Yeah? I guess. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Maybe, Liver failure? Maybe, maybe he was, can't maybe, dilute those drugs. Maybe he became a booze bag when he got out of prison. Yeah, I don't knows? know. Anyway, sorry. Um, uh, Jack Nicholson, one of the greatest actors of all time. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he's, he's top 20 all time. Yeah, I, I really enjoy his movies. Yeah. Matt Damon. Before this, known for Goodwill Hunting, Saving Private Ryan, Dogma, the Oceans franchise, the Bourne franchise, Stuck on You. After, known for more Bourne and Oceans movies, Invictus, that uh, Clint Eastwood directed movie about rugby. Oh, yeah. I never saw that. South African. Yeah, I never saw that. Uh, me either. But he, it's a great story that Damon tells in a bunch of different interviews on podcasts that he does. He's like, yeah, working with Clint Eastwood was wild because, you know, I'm I consider myself a pretty, you know, well-established actor. But I just anytime I would be like he just he wouldn't think everything in one take. He wouldn't give me a bunch of extra takes. So I was like, hey, Clint, can I get another take? And, he, and Clint would look at me and he goes, why? You want to waste everyone's time? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Cry Macho? Did you watch that? Yeah. Clint was a walking fucking corpse. In I that feel movie. like you told me that. Yeah, I, I, could, I never watched it. It's it's. It, 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 an unbelievable premise yeah. where you've got um, Dwight Yoakam, but Clint, I need you to go get my daughter out of Mexico. I can't because I'm, I don't really know why, but I can't. Because I'm Dwight Yoakam. I'm 20 years younger than you, but I need you to go get my daughter. <laughs> yeah. She's living with cartel members. It's like, what? <laughs> no, I'm out. I'm out. He's 94 years old. I'm right. out. Right, yeah. I'm out. Anyway. Uh, sorry, after this known for the Green Zone, Contagion, The Martian, Interstellar, Downsizing, The Great Wall, that is best. Ford versus Ferrari, very good. Stillwater, yep. and The Last Duel, which is his latest film to come out. Yeah, I want to see it. He's got a shitty haircut in all the trailers. Well, I mean, they all do. I know, but, you know, it's a, they it's probably a, all did back it, then. I got a, a shitty haircut right now, so I can't talk much. No, your haircut looks fine. I I'm need to get a haircut. You look nice. Oh, thanks, man. I need to get a haircut, though. But uh, I've got one tomorrow. Matt Damon, this was the start of him. Um, every now and then, he'll pop up in a movie and just be an asshole. Um, he's an asshole throughout this entire movie. Interstellar? But, yeah, Interstellar's the other one that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, I, before this, he was always the nice guy. So I wonder if he went to his agent and was like, you know what, let me let me be the bad guy in this guy. Yeah, he really was. He yeah. really was. He, you could argue he was the biggest villain in this movie, the biggest conniving snake. Yeah, well, and the fact that he's the ultimate death, the last death in the mm. movie, you know. That kind of proves that. Glad you're okay, Trooper. Yeah. I want to go on record. I'm recommending him for the Medal of Merit. I fucking was glad he got shot in the head, though. Is that like a gold star around here? <laughs> it's the highest honor we got. It's what we got, guy. Anyway. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Leo. Five fun facts because we've done him on a prior pod. This is a good one. Number right. one. Sued Playgirl magazine in 1998 over plans to publish photos of him that contained full frontal nudity. Oh. Am I, is it weird that I kind of want to see him? Eh, nah. Nah, like what kind of, I want to see what he's working with. What? I don't know, 98 though, that's like little boy Leo. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? He was, uh, there's 06, he was, so he was 30. Face. Yeah. So in 98, he would have been 18. <laughs> Jesus saying. Christ. That's All right. 
I hope he would have been 18 now. Yeah, All right. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Okay, no, no, no. He had to have been 18 because how could Playgirl magazine ever publish photos of underage dick? I don't know. I don't know how Playgirl works, but it sounds like they probably, he didn't consent. They were to, a legitimate enterprise. He didn't show up to get photos taken of him. It sounds like someone got some pictures of him naked and sent them to him. So they sued him. To That's what happens him. with every celebrity. No celebrity no, gives people, over their naked photos. It's like, well, unless, so they unless you're Paris Hilton and shit. or unless you're fucking Kim Kardashian. Nah, celebrities used to pose for Playboy. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't think celebrities pose for Playgirl. I, well, I don't know. Unless you're Cal Norton Jr. I don't know how that works. Isn't there an episode of Entourage about that or something? No, I was thinking of uh, Talladega Nights where Cal Norton Jr. tells Ricky Bobby about how he posed for Playgirl. Yeah, see? Yeah. There you go. Which is not a real story, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. Number two. At age 10, decided against his manager's wishes to change his name to Lenny Williams. So he changed his name to Lenny decided Williams? Decided against it. His manager oh, okay. wanted him to change his name to Lenny Williams because uh, he thought that would be more American-friendly. He thought, Leonardo DiCaprio was a little too whoppy. Oh, geez. <laughs> a little too Italian. There you go. Uh, well, still, that's fucked up. I, he's got one of the cooler names. Yeah, no, Hollywood. it's a great name. I, yeah. that was, I hope he fired his manager immediately. Yeah. Lenny Williams. God, I don't think he'd be Leonardo DiCaprio if he was Lenny Williams. That's a terrible name. Yeah, that's objectively it's too Why white. Lenny Williams. It's too white. He also, I mean, he's he's not like he. It sounds like he comes from the era of Walter Matthau. Like, hey, Lenny. It's like oh, Walter Matthau and Lenny Williams star in The Odd Couple. Nobody's. I mean, I love Lynn Dawson, but I can't think of any other Lens or. But Lenny's. he doesn't go by Lenny. Lenny's so emasculated. Ah, they would call him Lenny. Sometimes. Yeah, but hey, not, Lenny, not in the professional. Not, he didn't. He didn't ever. He was Len Dawson. Yeah, whatever. Wasn't Lenny Dawson? Good career move, Leo. Yep, yep. He made the right decisions from the get go. Number three was Tarantino's original choice to play the SS Colonel Hans Landa in Inglorious Bastards, which obviously the yeah part went to Chris, Christoph Waltz won an Oscar for it. Yep, and I think that I'm was a good it move, was Christoph, Waltz. because he yeah. was Calvin Candy was the right role for him in the Tarantino yeah. movie, and uh, Christoph Waltz. This is one of my favorite characters. I'm not saying that Leo would have done a bad job. No. Leo, this is one of the few times where I'd say Leo might have done better just because no. I respect Leo. Disagree. But Christoph Waltz, I mean, he was kind of born to play that character. That, that, I think that character completely um, made his career. I mean, yeah. Oh, it absolutely. Yeah. Did. I mean, that was in that, America anyway. That's, yeah. But that's what put him on the, the map in America. Yeah. And before that, like, Christoph Waltz was just a guy. Yeah, like you know, he wasn't a, a household a household name. Not at all. All right, number four. Gave Kate Winslet away to her husband during her 2012 wedding. Oh, which she also attended, obviously. Very nice. This is a good one. Number five. Every time he's been nominated for a best actor, uh, his co-stars have also been nominated for best supporting actor. So in The Aviator, he was nominated. Alan Alda nominated for best supporting. The Wolf of Wall Street, he was nominated for Best Actor. Jonah Hill, nominated for Best Supporting. Um, Blood Diamond, nominated for Best Actor. Uh, Jimon Hansu was nominated for Best Supporting. Solomon Van D. I do not need to kill you, Solomon Van D. Uh, and then Tom Hardy in The Revenant was nominated for Best Supporting when he, I, th I believe he, That's what he, he won. That's what he won for. Yeah. Best, yeah. Which, or no. Did he win for Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah, yeah maybe I think, it was. It was Wolf. Yeah, because he should have won it for The Revenant. That's right, because like. Wall Street was after The Revenant. And Is that right? I think so. 
because everyone no maybe it was the revenant that he maybe, wanted. It, maybe was the it, was it was the revenant it was definitely the revenant won. yeah people said he should have won it for wolf and i i agree that he shouldn't have if he should have won it for anything he should have won it for this or blood diamond blood diamond and this i think are is too i agree with that blood diamond he's i fucking love him in that movie yeah he's Midget great Brew. It's doing, uh, he I guess mastered, he's doing an accent this whole movie too. But. No, but such a much more complex accent in Blood Diamond. That yeah. South African accent, that's insanity. And he he well, I guess I'm not a linguistic expert, but I would say as far as I can tell, he nailed that South African accent. Yeah, I I mean, he and Damon, <laughs> master of accents, man. Damon did this accent great in Invictus. Um Let me see. Yeah, Revenant was definitely after. It was 2 years after. Yeah. So the Revenant is because I think they gave it to him mostly because it was just such a physical accomplishment oh, yeah. of what, like filming in the elements, uh, uh, you know, it's a movie that I don't necessarily care to ever watch again, though. No, I did. I saw that one in IMAX and it's it's two hours long, two and a half. Um, I don't know. It's long. Uh, it's a cinematic achievement. It's yeah. not something I, you know, I want to It's not. It's not what I would call rewatchable. Yeah, I've seen it twice. Once in theaters and then once it I came mean, out, and, you know. it's not as unrewatchable as like The Passion of the Christ, but oh yeah, no. I mean, that's a snuff film. My dad would watch that every Easter. Oh my God, really? Yeah. Ugh, why would he put himself through that? I don't know. Remind himself what Jesus went through. Yeah, he wasn't even religious. My dad, not Jesus. I think Jesus <laughs> was pretty religious. Jesus yeah. was like, I don't even believe in any of this guy. Yeah, what the fuck is this? <laughs> oh, come on, man! I only said a couple anti-Semitic things. Anyway, all right, net worths. Two chains. Well, these people are going to be worth some fucking money. Yeah. With the lineup we have here. All right, so first we'll do this. I'm going to give you this over under a billion. Com their combined net worths. I'll say over. I have to do the math here. Hold on. <laughs> it's a little under. Okay. It's uh total combined 720 million. Okay. So it's a lot of fucking money. So 3 quarters of a billion. Yeah. A lot of fazools. All right, Jack Nicholson, John Nicholson. 400 million. Whoa, nice. Did I nail it? You nailed it. You shouldn't have told me the 720 because I figured uh, he's going to be worth at least half of it. Well, yeah, Jack, I mean, and the thing is, he just made so much of the, He. it's not like he has 700 credits to, you know. Oh, no, yeah. He just has so many iconic roles. That's how Leo is, too. Yeah, it is. You know, at this point. Yep. Um, when you go to an actor's IMDb and an actor, especially like Jack or Leo, that you feel like you've seen in a thousand movies, and then they have under yeah. 70 roles, and you're like, what? That's how it happens. I go through these, you know, like, I, they're before and afters when I'm, yeah. you know, when I'm researching for the pod, and I'm like, they haven't been in that many movies. Pretty much they all have at least, like, 10 to 15 like bullshit credits at the beginning yeah. but after after like the movie that made them big there's like nothing it's, in between there it's their choices though their choice making yeah. is impeccable that i guess they're movie stars they're not just actors yeah these guys are movie stars yes yeah but uh of the three well jack just he had they're the all three power. movie yeah. stars and great actors though it's not like vinnie chase where he's not oh, a yeah, great no, actor he's true. just a great movie mark you could um you could say Mark Wahlberg, not the best actor, but he's a fantastic movie star. No, yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, but he does every now and then, though, he a does movie do a will come job. out and you're yeah. like, fuck, Marky Mark, okay, he's good. Yeah, but Leo and Jack and um, Matt Damon are never doing Spencer Confidential. Yeah, but I will say out of the three of them, Matt Damon... He's the most likely, just like with Interstellar, you make it an hour and a half in that movie, and then Matt Damon's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll show up in it. Yeah. If, you, if you're ranking 
the acting chops with the three of them. Damon's third, but it's he's not like a distant third, but yeah, he's no. third. Yeah, but I I still really like Matt Damon. Though. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's acting. I, you know, uh, no Oscar for him. I think he's the only one of the, th- of the three with no Oscar. Uh, he won one for Goodwill Hunting for directing. Uh, or whatever, no, 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 right? script writing. That's not script acting. writing. Yeah, that's an Oscar though. Yeah, he's won an Oscar. Eh. They can say Oscar winner Matt Damon. Can they? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they do. Hey, I won an Oscar the other night. An Oscar my wiener, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean. Oh, you know what I'm saying. And, <laughs> that was bad. Anyway, Matt Damon. <laughs> Be a little disappointed. This is all I won? Fucking hot dog? Fucking Oscar my wiener? That's not just a hot dog guy. That's an Oscar my Oh, my, my God, dude. Where's the fucking truck? The fucking Oscar my truck. <laughs> You're going to give me this. Let me drive the fucking truck I mean, around. You can't just give me a fucking line. Oscar my wiener and not have the fucking truck. Drive around the block. Take your fucking system. I'm going to stock it like a fucking acre. <laughs> anyway. Uh, sorry. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Uh, okay. So 400 we work with. I'm going to guess 200 million. Close. Very close. 170. All right. So Leo is 150? No. Leo is 260. Oh, 260. Yeah. Math way off. No, no, no. That's but cool. either way. It took me a second, too. <laughs> no, but so, yeah. But I mean, 400 million, 170 million, 260. This is definitely the like the biggest combined net worth of cast members we've ever done. Yeah. I mean, they all have exorb. They have generational wealth. Yes. Which yeah. is really cool. <laughs> They all talk about charities and stuff, too. So I imagine no, I'm, some I'm sure money they do. goes yeah. to it. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Oh, here's a new story we could have done. Yeah? This is a good segue. We're done with net worth before the other thing. Did you see Elon Musk? Somebody tweeted out from the UN that, uh, what was it, $42 they, million dollars or something? No, they said if every billionaire in the world combined enough charity to make up $6 billion, okay. they could solve world hunger. And he said, show me the plan and I'll do it. Yeah, but I don't think he was serious. I think he was being like, show me the fucking plan. I want to see if they show him the plan. I hope now, they show him the now plan. Now the ball's in the UN's court. It does seem like... If it, he solves world hunger, that'd be sweet. Yeah. I, oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I would, I would give him all the props in the world. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, he's so somebody done, show this man a plan. No, he's, Make him eat his fucking words. Of now. all the billionaires, the ones I respect most uh, are um, Bill Gates. <laughs> all the billionaires. Yeah, no, I don't respect. I, know, I don't sucks. respect many. Yeah, uh, I really don't respect Bill Gates any of them. has been more philanthropic than any human being on the planet, and Elon Musk has done more for climate change than any one human being on the planet. So I, they, you know, Elon says some stupid shit sometimes. He gets a pass. I, I really think Elon Musk just seems the reason why I like him is because he seems like a really, really, really smart dude. Yeah, but ultimately just a dude. Like, yep. that's got a shit ton of money. Releasing a car for $69,420, just so it'd be sixty nine four twenty. That's the kind of shit he does. Did he, he also tweeted that he wants to start the Texas Institute of Technology. Yeah. Se- science. Se- yes. Which, yeah. Which is, <laughs> it's, but I, again, the whole article is saying how he's just being like, it's a, it, it, he's not really going to start that school, no, Of course not. But, it, was, it was a sexist joke. Yeah. That being said. I think it's funny, but I, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, these fucking billionaires making sexist jokes." And to an extent, maybe they're right, but at the same time, it's a fucking joke. Yeah, I, I don't know. He just seems, of all the billionaires, he seems like the most, for lack of a, I, I, not down to earth. That's not the way to see him. Just the most no, like a dude. No, he's insane. He's autistic. Just the most like a dude. He's absolutely on the spectrum. Yeah, but he's just a dude. Yeah, he's just a dude. Yeah, uh, but which is which is fine. He's highly intelligent. I, but but I don't respect him because of that. I respect him because he's done more for climate change than any one human being, and I respect. Um. Uh. God damn it, uh, Microsoft. Uh, Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Bill Gates yeah. because he's done more philanthropically than any one human being has on the planet. I don't respect Jeff Bezos at all. I think he's a fucking tool. 
Yeah. I, I think he has a huge uh, – he has a massive inferiority complex. I mean, even his space rocket, where he has to go to space, fucking looks like a huge fucking cock. Cock. A cock. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't pay his warehouse workers well. He doesn't give them – no, I, I don't have any respect for him. Sweet cowboy hat, though. No, he's anyway. A, he's a fucking douchebag. Uh, Moving on. All right, specs and deets. Yes, indeed. Back to the film. Runtime. Two hours and thirty-one minutes. It's a Scorsese film. It's never going to be under two and a half hours. Like this is this is a ninety-minute film for Scorsese. Yeah, but the way that it's like, it it's paced so quickly in so many parts of yep. this movie that it moves along very quickly, and it's like those scenes that some songs not playing in the background and a million things aren't happening at once. It's like that gives you a time to catch your breath. And then it just picks right back up again. And I want to give props to the editor of this film. It's edited in such a stylistic way to where it seems like it doesn't make sense, but you don't notice that it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, oh, this. So I remember leaving theaters, leaving the movie theaters and being like, well, I definitely have to watch this movie again. It's one of those movies that you know you're going to get more. Because they, they tell you everything you need to know, but it just all happens so quick. Yeah, but they almost... they. they it's the way it's cut is so frantic and strange and you don't know. And I really didn't notice it till like the third or fourth time I'd actually seen it. I'm like, this editing is so strange. It's very weird. It, it, the way it's cut and you're talking about with the music jumping in and yeah. out, it, it's a, but it's, it's stylistic, it's intentional yeah. and it works, but it only works because the guy who's doing it is perfect at doing it. He's, it's almost like doing it subliminally. Like he's, yeah. he's letting, he's doing it, but he's, you don't know he's doing it. It's strange. And a lot of the ways I, I think, because this movie ultimately isn't too violent. There's a lot of brutal-looking things, but you see a lot There's of that graphic and deaths. like cuts yeah. and stuff like that, and just little quick things, and then you move on from it. It doesn't give you time to dwell on the horrors as much. Uh, budget on this film was $90 million, which in 06, yeah, I mean, that's a huge budget. Yeah. Opened at $26.8 million, grossed $132 million domestically, $291 million globally. All right. So, yeah, of course. It's a Scorsese film. Yeah. Made a ton of money. Uh, it's great. It's, it's good. It's Pl good. Plot keywords. <laughs> Irish Mafia, which is a weird plot keyword because Mafia is a very specific Italian type of organized crime. Yeah, but they, they call it the Irish Irish mafia. mob is what I would have gone with. Uh. I wrote this down. This, is this right? Watching porn is number two? <laughs> I mean, it would make sense. They go to the jerk-off theater. Oh, right. Yeah, that's the it. The jerk-off yeah. theater. Uh, number three, mobster. Number four, rat. Yep. Number five, mole. Yeah, those all add up. Yeah, oh. rat and mole. Kind of the same thing. That's the thing. I wrote these down, and I'm like, watching porn? That could, that, that's right. They're watching porn in one of those jerking off in a theater. Jerking off. Yeah, you made a joke about it, man. I did already. How could I forget? Take lines. <laughs> Number one, lies, betrayal, sacrifice. How far will you take it? It's a little long. Yeah. It's not great. It's, it's, it's wordy. It's too long. Should have just been, who's got some cheese? <laughs> I like that. It's a movie about rats. It is. Number two is just undercover. That's no it. Yeah, just undercover. Number three, underhanded. Uh, number yeah. four, unrestrained. It seems like that should have been just one yes, yeah, full tagline. Not three separate yeah. taglines. Yeah. Undercover, underhanded, unrestrained. Not like just three one-word taglines. But I still don't even think that that's great. Undercover, yes, but... Underhanded? And under unchained? No. Uh, no or un unrestrained. Unrestrained. 
No, yeah, but it, that should have been the fucking <laughs> tagline for Unchained with Jet Li. Yeah, no, that yes, it should have. Yeah. Okay, okay. And then the final one is Francis's one of his opening lines: "Cops are criminals. When you're facing a loaded gun, what's the difference?" That one's good. Yeah, that one's fine. That I, one's good. That's the only good one. Use a line from the fucking movie. Jesus Christ. Only one of us is a cop here, Bill. Bill. <laughs> Great line. Man, they. I, it's, we'll get into it. So many things that age this movie, but oh, we'll get into oh, it. Oh, yeah. So many things. Uh, do we have an IMDb in Ramsers? We do. All this, right. This movie, I mean, lots of people, lots of people wanted to say what was going on with this movie. So this one. Um, we're going to go with the one from Grants. That's Grant with two S's at the end. Ah, uh, interesting. Grants. Okay. Thank right, you, Grants. Grant. A tale of two co-ops. Hold on. Co-ops. <laughs> you never, know fucking cop. I've never tried to do the movie voice with an Irish or a Boston accent. That was, all right, uh, We'll just do Boston. A tale of two cops, though on different sides of the law. <laughs> Colin Sullivan, played by Matt Damon, is a Massachusetts statie. He has risen through the ranks to head up a special department. Public enemy number one is Frank Costello, Jack Nicholson, a crime network kingpin, and Sullivan's main target. However, <laughs> God damn it. However, Sullivan is a paid informant for Costello, giving him tip-offs on police raids and other useful information. <laughs> Meanwhile, Billy Costigan, Leonardo DiCaprio, works for Costello. However, he is actually an undercover policeman spying on Costello. In due course, both know that there is a rat in their organization, but don't know their identity. A deadly cat-and-mouse game ensues, with both trying to uncover the other without being discovered themselves, lest they join the ranks of the departed. Thank you, Ulysses S. Grant. Yeah, not bad. Uh, not bad. I uh, should really read these before I, you know, read them out loud, but it's okay. Cost. Especially doing accents, but... Oh, what are you going to do? You know, that's basically what happens in this movie. Uh, Frank Costello, bad guy. Works outside the law. He's got a guy inside. That's Matt Damon. There's th there are not many good guys in this movie. There's really, I mean, I would say Queenan probably. Queenan. Uh, obviously, Costigan. Yeah, Queenan Costigan. Uh, Vera Farmiga. Mm -hmm. What's her name in the movie? She's more of a bystander than in like a good guy. Uh, she's a good guy. She's not a protagonist. She's more of a bystander. She's a good guy. She's not a bad guy. He said, give me that prescription for Oxy, and he, she wrote it up for him, you know? That was Valium, I think. Whatever. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, she tossed him a bang. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Was the kid his? Nobody knows. Uh, that's my last note I have. I I, I like to believe it's a Costigan kid. That's what I believe, too. She can check the DNA. Either way, it's growing up without Don't know that she can fathers. now that Billy's in the ground. Ah, dig him up. <laughs> Sorry. Grave robbing? The other guys, and Matt Damon's in the ground, too. You can't test him, either. Yeah, that's true. You know, but he's probably got family you could get a little swab out of. Yeah, yeah. All right, moving on to the Real Buzz Rundown. Real Buzz. Do you want to stat, or do, should I stat? You go, and I'll sprinkle. So I just want to uh, start off by talking about Jack Nicholson's character and just how it's established in the opening scene where Nicholson is executing two women bound and gagged 
and then comments on how one of them fell funny and laughs, and Mr. French is, you know, holding a hatchet standing next to him, and he goes, Francis, you should really see, you should really see someone. Telling him he should, he should seek psychiatric assistance. I think this just really kicks the ball off and speaks to how sinister a character Nicholson is actually playing. And it's shown through a lot of different aspects. Like, it's not just that. Like, that's a really graphic and awful scene, but even when he's in the diner at the beginning, he's collecting... Uh, He's protection money from that guy who owns the deli. And uh, he has, I mean, he's, he just, he has these menacing little one-liners that are disrespectful and disgusting. And he asks in front of, he asks his daughter while her dad is there if, uh, if she started her period yet. And you're just like, it's just, it's just such a strange way of showing dominance. Just saying, I own you. I own you so explicably that I'm going to ask your daughter about her period in your presence, and I know you aren't going to do shit about it. Yeah, it shows it's cringy. Like, you you, yeah. you cringe in that moment for sure because how old he is and how young she is. Common turning into a lovely young woman. And um, it definitely does a good job of establishing how much of a piece of shit this guy is as well as how dominant he is over his own fucking world. It's all alpha moves. He's just saying, I'm going to be so bold to talk to your daughter about her period in front of you, and I know you can't say shit about it. Well, yeah, it goes back to that line you used for your intro where he's like, I I want to live in the reality I creep for myself or whatever. I'm paraphrasing, but that's... What he says is, I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. Exactly, and that's... That's shown through this fucking scene. Like he he lives up to that, uh, I guess, motto for his life. Yeah, and like I was saying, it all comes down to like he's such a sinister character. He executes two innocent women. I thought one was a man. No, both women. It looked like a mother and a daughter. And I thought then, it was a husband and a wife. Or no, something. it was a mother and a daughter. Are you sure? A hundred percent. All right. I studied the scene. I'll allow it. And then she shot him, and he's like. And then he starts laughing and goes, she fell funny. Yeah. And even Mr. French is like, Francis, you really should see someone. Like, this is not, not like, I mean, you should not be enjoying this as much as you are. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about the editing a little bit. All the scenes are edited together at the beginning of the film before the credits roll. They kind of seem hectic and random. Almost like there were, almost like there were continuity errors. Like, it goes from Frank preaching to the, you know, his boys about, taking what's theirs, and then Leo having that random conversation with Anthony Anderson about him getting blowjobs once he graduates the police academy. And the thing is, we just we have no insight or introduction to who Leo or Anthony Anderson's character is before you just see that random scene. And the editing is just smashed together in such a way where, I guess because if you've seen the trailer and the characters and the actors are so recognizable, you don't really ask questions yet. And then it just kind of goes to this random Bond-style sniper scope shot, which completely stands out out of nowhere. With when you've got um, Matt Damon, Matt Damon go walking in. into the Boston Police Department, it's just a really strangely edited film. Yeah, and uh, I'd like to say it doesn't work, but in whoever edited this movie in their hands, it does. They made it work. I will say this is a movie that, uh, and we'll get into it being a product of its time. But a part of that, I think, is it kind of demands your attention. Um, not a movie that you can watch. And I've seen it, you know, probably 15 times since it's come out. Um, I used to have watched this movie all the fucking time after it came out. It's a good movie. Um, yeah, one of those movies you get kind of drunk, put on a movie, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but this time, I, you know, would be looking at my phone or something or in the kitchen while it was on. And I knew that, like, based on what they were talking, I knew what was going on. But I knew that I was also missing 
certain like little quick shots and stuff like that. Like um, whenever Francis is talking to uh, Leo, uh, Billy Quasigan, and he's got the hand and he's like, get rid of that for me, you know? You know, John. Lennon. Nothing in that conversation. If you just hear it, you don't know that something sinister, sinister is happening at all. So you really have to be watching it the whole time and pay attention to what's going on, or you're gonna miss something. Yeah, that's uh, and that's to the way it's edited. It's so fucking like that, you're talking about one thing but showing something else a lot of times. That you particular know? scene is so masterfully shot and written because you've got Jack Nicholson handling this severed hand yeah. while also explaining about Which, this John Lennon age. analogy. Yeah. Do you know John Lennon? He's the president before Lincoln. He said, I'm an artist. You give me a fucking tuba, I'll make it something out of it. Like, it was it, it was masterfully acted, written, and just... It, but like you said, you don't get the entirety of what's going on, this, on in the scene unless you're watching it. Yeah. Watching it, if you're not watching it, you're robbed of so much. Yeah. Uh, and until the end of the scene was like, I thought it was nice. He asked her what hand he jerked off with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and even though he is such a sinister piece of shit, a lot of the scenes that he's in, he does a great job of being a piece of shit, but you want to see more of him. Not that you're ever rooting for him really, but he's, he's funny at times. He's given it his full acting. He's scary as shit at other times. That scene where he's throwing the Coke. You know, there's all the coke. Don't I want to talk about that. Numb. It was excessive. I don't. I think that scene almost stood out too much because it doesn't really drive the plot forward. It's See, just I, a scene showing the excess of his character. And I loved it because it's it's right before that he's at the opera or whatever, yeah. and it's the red behind him, and that shot is so fucking cool. And then just how crazy his eyes are. Like he looked like he had been up for days doing blow. Yeah. I guess I don't know. I I I thought that was great. Yeah, well, and, yeah, and again, I think that was just more, maybe more of a way of paying tribute to uh, Jack Nicholson as, as an actor and how well he could play a character. Yeah. Because as far as the plot goes, if you're on the if you're on the cutting room floor and, oh, you, and not, you have yeah. a two and a half hour film, you could easily cut that. But that being said, I'm glad they didn't. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. It gave uh it gave Jack Nicholson's character more depth. Yeah. That made it just gave it, it enriched his character and made. It, it made, God damn it, uh, Frank Costello, like, more of a, it had more depth. His character had more depth. Yeah, it yeah. demonized him a little bit more, too, uh, with that red look and everything, just showing how sinister he is and everything. Um, All right. I, I really, you find that, that's the scene, like, right after you find out, or Willie, Billy finds out he's a FBI informant, right? Right after he shoots that guy in the leg. And it's like, he's just doing whatever the fuck he wants. That's who Jack Nicholson is, Frank Costello. It's amazing how many times... In this movie, a psychotic person's like, I'm not going to hurt you right before they hurt you. Oh, yeah. Like, Leo does it to that guy. French does it to the poor bastard who he walks in there and was like, calm down. I'm not going to hurt you. And he just immediately shoots him in the face. There's three scenes, I think. It's that those two you've talked about. And then when uh, fucking Leo knocks the guy's teeth out. And he's like, ah, Jimmy Bags. Jimmy Bags. Yeah. I was going to call him Billy Bags, but I knew it wasn't it. Uh I thought he was a bookie or something. You know what a bookie does, right? I thought that was funny. Yeah, but face you. Each time it's that's during those. Um, each time those scenes come up, it's during the chaotic editing, and there's some music going on in the background, and it just adds that sense of it being like, I don't know, not like you're there necessarily, but it's just the franticness 
that Leo's going through. Yeah, it goes back to what I was saying. It's a very specific stylized yeah. editing that it in the wrong hands could go horrible, could go terrible. Yeah. Could just really could ruin the film. Like when French kills that guy, it's it's a it's pretty intimidating scene. Yeah, what he shoots him through right? a two liter of yeah. cola. He like trips over the toy or whatever. Like, you is that supposed to be some sort of like a white trash suppressor? Yeah, I think that's what it is. It did, and the, th the thing is, it sounded really loud still. Yeah, it I, don't did, know. I don't think it did much. Maybe that was some inside joke between them. All right, <laughs> let's do it now. We're going to rank. We're going to rank the Boston accents in this movie. Some were bad. Some were really good. So here are my rankings from worst to best. They as are such. Coming in at six, Vera Farmesia. She, like, started with an accent. There are certain scenes where she has one, and then it, it seems like she was just told halfway through filming to stop using it because it wasn't working. Yeah, yeah. I think it's she's got a little bit of the... Uh, and, and when she's doing it, it's not terrible, I guess. But no, it's, it's not good. A little bit of the Princess Leia in episode four where she's doing a British accent in a couple of scenes. It's and then weird. they were like, don't do a British accent. You know what? Don't do that. <laughs> I, I remember there was one scene where she's oh... It's nice here in the morning. It's like, okay, are you Irish? Like, <laughs> she like and then there was another scene where uh, she was on a date with Colin, and she goes, uh, uh, I, I can't remember what she says, but she definitely tries to use a Boston accent. You're like, it feels forced, and it's not good. Yeah. Uh, number five, Martin Sheen. He goes wild with his accent. It seems See, thank over. Thank you. Yeah. I thought you were going to have him super high up on No, those. no. I he, was ready to get pissed. No, he's number five. His was awful. It was way overdone. I think a little, a couple scenes, he's not even fucking doing it. No, it seemed like he was, in some scenes, he was like impersonating someone who was doing a Boston accent. Didn't seem at all authentic. Seemed very overdone. Yeah, I he's, agree. He's a sweet, he seems like but a sweet man. For the movie, opposite but. way. I guess when I was trying to, when I was picking up on accents, the scene that he was in, I was like, let me see how his is. And then I was like, he's not even really doing one. It's like he either does it or he doesn't. That's my son, John. I guess I just did one there, but no, I don't know. He he does. I'm telling you, he just goes. goes he to really Dame. goes for it, and I'm just like, it's it. It sounds like someone trying to impersonate a Boston accent. Does it's not probably sound how authentic. we sound. Uh, oh, I'm sure ours are worse than anyone's. I've fooled people. Fuck it. Uh, number four, Alec Baldwin, similar to Sheen, but better impression. Yeah, he was pretty good. I agree. So now I know who your top three are, and yep. I agree with who you have so far. You seem very. Two of them are Content from with that fucking result. Boston. Yeah, no. It, yeah. Right. Well, that's the point. Exactly. Yeah. So Leo does the best of any of the actors not originally from Boston. So Leo's number three. Yeah. He does a good job. His seems uh, believable and authentic, especially for someone who didn't grow up there. Yeah. Number two is Mark. Mark Wahlberg. Mikey Mac. Uh, It's a little over the top. He definitely turns it up, but pretty I, incredible. See, this is the thing. When I first saw this movie, I came out of it and I was like, man, Mark Wahlberg's accent was terrible. He was just overdoing it no, so it much. Good. And I was 15 at the time and my parents were like, you know, he's from Boston. I was like, ah, oh, shit. Let <laughs> me tell you something, you punk. You're no fucking cop. Yeah, I, I think he just, I think he played it up a little bit. Now that I'm older and he I've heard him. Yeah, he hammed it up. I had never really seen much Mark Wahlberg at that point in yeah. time in my life when I first saw this movie. Uh, number one, obviously, Matt Damon. Matt. Flawless. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was flawless. Perfect. Whenever I try to do a Boston accent, I'm impersonating Pocky Cod and Hobbit Yacht, and then I go from there. Hi, Darlene. Yeah. Matt Damon, just let him do his fucking real accent and everything. No, he was great. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, and then also to, which I mentioned earlier, just to cap off the accent conversation. There's cap. A, to cap. Cop. I think cop the cap kind of had a little in there. Uh, Arnold. Mr. A.K. Mr. French, who's British, and then you've got uh, Fitz, who's a fucking embarrassed. 
Yeah. Like, this all your fucking spring fucking Thursday, you fucking. It, I, it just, I enjoyed it every time he talks. It's, but, like, you can barely understand him. I really enjoy that scene where Matt Damon's talking to him. He's like, go call your mother. Tell her you're not going to be home for supper. He's like, mom, not going to be home for supper. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, all right. Yeah. Not going to be home for supper. Just got tied up. He's not Scottish. Bye. Okay, then. <laughs> the way he talks. <laughs> okay, then. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I always love that. Call I'm, your mother. I'm not going to be home for supper. Look, look at fuck stick. You don't got to trust me. You just gotta listen to what I'm saying to you. Uh, no, it, it, and uh, that. So let's on. Let's talk about this code too. I want to talk about this. Uh, hi, mom. I'm not gonna be home for supper. Oh, hi, dad. Like this is not top level code that's undecipherable. And it's so strange that, especially when every time you hear this, that Matt Damon's talking to his mom and his dad talking about he's not gonna make it home for supper. It really coincides with the same times where they unsuccessfully apprehend Frank Costello during a raid. That's it, true. It, it, literally, Martin Sheen comes up to him after he goes, oh, hi, mom. No, my friends is still coming. And Martin Sheen's just like, Call the plays. You know the playbook. It's like, no, what are you doing? Like, he's clearly the fucking rat. Like, he knows there's a rat at this point. And he's yeah. still like, this is completely non-suspicious conversation. Yeah. It's not It's not the fucking code that Eddie Redmayne fucking solves. Or right, that was Benedict Cumberbatch in the code movie. Oh, I never saw that, but I know what you're talking the about. The World War II code movie. Yeah, code. Yeah. The code. It's not that fucking. It's a pretty easy code to solve. Yeah. Well, yeah. Common sense. Why is this guy calling his fucking mother all the time? Oh, my God, dude. He's never making it home for dinner. You're always eating at your mother's house. You got to call your mother dude, again? Dude, why are you disrespecting your mother? She's always making you supper. Call Timmy and Tammy and Tommy Malone. Tell them I said hello. And your friends are still going. How are you letting your friends go? Why are you doing that to your mother? The Malones. Donkey, how's it going? <laughs> and see, that's making fun of Marky Mark. How's your mother? Yeah. Uh, okay, so things that age this film. Immediately, the flip phones and the T9 uh, blind texting. Oh, man. Fantastic. The, the, I have a note about that. The phones were like their own character in this movie. Oh, yeah. The the Sprint flip phones. They and, were great. And I remember when this movie came out being like, oh, shit. I, I had like my text message screen looked exactly the same as that. And I remember being like, oh, fuck. This movie's cutting edge. Like, that's exactly what text messages look like. 15 years ago. Yeah. And now it's and especially the texting through the pocket thing with how. Scorsese did preposterous that. just well I could do that with T9 back in the day preposterous I used to it used to be a lot safer to text and drive not any safer to read the text and drive but typing it out I could do it no look yeah okay on T9 man I miss it uh the porn house also dates this movie I don't think there are any porn theaters left I don't think there have been for 10 years at least yeah kind of a weird the internet killed that out but by 06 you would have thought maybe there's a few still holding on you know because this movie's not like set in fucking. Uh, obviously, it's set. It in was 06. probably shot in 04. Yeah, whatever. 05. 05. Yeah, there's still probably porn. Yeah, places. yeah. No, you go into like, yeah, yeah. There's there was probably still. I think that whole the idea to set their meat in there was just to do the big black dick joke. That's the thing. That's another thing I want to talk about. Like there's like we talked about the coke scene with Costello, and we talked about this porn scene, like where he just brings out a big black dildo as a joke. Like this is this stuff. Do you really think this is stuff Scorsese had written in the script? Because I don't. I wonder about that. Did I, you go through the trip? Did he? No, I nothing about no, 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 that. Nothing about this. I literally thought Jack Nicholson is on ten. This entire movie, I think the whole time he's like. 
I want to be a psychotic freak where if I shoot one of these broads, I'm going to be like, she fell funny. And then it's like, oh, I want this scene shot where I'm at the opera with two broads that I'm going to fuck. And then I want to throw coke at them. Now, I th- see, I think all that was uh, Scorsese. You think that was okay? There. Yeah. And then, but Jack's like, all right, I want to do this scene. I'm going to have a big black dick. See, just- I think that could be something he would have came up with on set. Maybe they said, or it's all just a joke just or was set there just for the big, big uh, dick joke. Yeah, maybe. Because he, he makes some uncomfortable noises there, too. He's like, oh, yeah, dirty. Oh, yeah. yeah, he sells it. Yeah, he, he definitely sells he it. He sells oh! the bit. He definitely sells the bit. <laughs> yeah. It would have been funny if whenever uh, Costigan, Billy, sends the tapes to uh, fucking whatever Vera Farmish's character's name is. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, I can't remember it at all right now. Madeline. Madeline. Yeah. Uh, and she's listening to it because the audio from it is when they're in the porn theater. One of them is when they're in the porn theater. The one theater. she's listening to. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It would have been funny if it started off with the... <laughs> or if that was... You well, know. you know they had to have been on there. <laughs> yeah, it would have had to have been on there. So that throw that in there. I guess it would have killed the tension. That's a tense moment that she's listening to it. Would have made me laugh, though. So I've got a theory about this movie, and you might think it's a little out there, but I don't think it is. You think it's an allegory for... Uh, Life and death or something? No, 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 not, oh, okay. no nothing that deep. Uh. No, no, no. I think Colin's gay. Colin Sullivan? Yeah. Uh, Matt Damon? Yeah. Why is that? A couple of reasons. One, uh, it, it kind of explains why he has a hard time getting it had in the bedroom. So that's one reason. Uh, he, but he also has to overcompensate anytime he's talking about it to anyone about, you know, him having sex with, like, um, remember Alec Baldwin has that creepy response or he's talking to him and he's like, Marriage, it's a big part of getting ahead. Let's everyone know you're not a homo. Yeah. Let's know your cock works. Have some cash. He's like, oh, my cock's working. Overtime. He's like, I'm very happy to hear that. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, dude. Like, anytime he's, like, mentioned being gay, like, so it's, it's, he can't get it up with Vera Farmasia, which, come on. And then <laughs> anytime Captain Elby's like, let's know you're not a homo. And he's like, oh, dude, no. And he's the one time that, well, that happens. My cock's working overtime. All I right. Don't know. I don't think I. I don't know. No, no. And and the the kid at the end is clearly not his. You know he didn't finish. No. Well, the thing is that with the kid at the end, I think that's up in the air because she was banging both of them around the same time. Very glad to hear that. No, I'm telling you, I don't think it is. I don't. I, I think Madeline was even like she was even surprised when she was pregnant. <laughs> I don't know. I do. I, yeah, your theory is a little out there. Yeah, I, 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 think I don't think there's gay. enough there. To, I think you might be gay. This isn't the first time you've had that theory. About some character in a movie. When was the other time? I can't remember, but I, I remember when it is. I remember when it is. It's uh, uh, it's Axel Foley from Beverly Hills Cop. Oh yeah, that is your other one. He is gay. I don't know. Hundred percent. I don't. I don't know. That's that's not me. Even that. That's like this is a me thing. But that the Axel Foley thing. That's a very popular internet theory. Okay. Okay. Uh, we already talked about the coke scene with the menage a trois. Oh, yeah. It's pretty weird that Captain Queenan's murder just goes completely unchecked. Like, he was thrown off of a building. Like He literally explodes into the sidewalk. Yeah. Off of uh, Wash. Wash Street. Yeah. And that just, you, you don't see any repercussion from that. Just like, oh, Captain Queenan died. Who's his undercover? Like, that's the only thing they're worried about. Like, you think, first of all, there were cops there who were tailing Queenan, who witnessed his murder. Who saw that it was Costello's guys, and they're still just like, not. Yeah, they don't go cracking heads. No, they don't go after him. They wait to bust him till he does that fucking 
drug pickup. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. He's a police captain. He is. Do you think that the uh, guy that gets shot in that from Costigan's crew, Fitzy. was he actually? No, no, uh, no. Fitzy um, hides his body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's the guy Fitzy and him are going, you're yes. a cop. Turns out a lot of attractive girls are cops. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the guy who's also from a Shawshank Redemption who yeah, rapes people in the shower. Because he says to Leo, think about why I didn't uh, tell on you. Do I, do you. Are you asking me if I think he was in the Boston Police was Department? He actually, yes. I think so. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think that Frank makes a good point where he's like, they're just saying he was so they think the rat's gone. But based on, I because I, I never understood His why. His name was Delahunt, by the way. Why? Yeah. Okay. Why would he? Why would Scorsese put that scene in there w with him and Leo, where he's like, "Think about why I didn't, you know, rat you out or whatever." Again, I think that's that Scorsese not connecting dots that he wants you to to decide to connect. Yeah, but then at the end of the movie, it turns out that other guy that shoots Billy in the head, he was a rat the whole time too that we didn't know about. All right. So you're saying there were two rats embedded in. Both sides. Yeah, maybe there were no, two I rats think that's, in both sides. No, I think sides. that's good analysis. Yeah. I think you're probably I, right. I I don't know, but, I, but then I'm why throwing was, that out there. But why was Delahunt then actively shooting at the officer shooting at him? That's a good point. That's a good question. So I don't know why I was Delahunt. I don't know. It's, I, don't know. I don't think it's definitive one way yeah. or the other. I think it's open to interpretation. But maybe that's what maybe he tells him 314 instead of 344. On purpose. Was, yeah, exactly. So but, that way... So that's that's another good point, Keenan. I think because if you're you about could, to die, how are you going to remember? Oh, I just was thinking about how I told you the wrong address. You could make the argument that he's definitely not a cop and he thinks Billy is the rat, which is why he told him the wrong address so he could see if he was or not. Yeah. And then he dies before he gets the chance to prove it. Yeah, I don't know. I've always wondered that. That's a part of this movie that's always kind of tripped me it up. It just depends on what you think his intent was. Do you think he, on purpose, gave him the wrong address? Do you think, uh, again... He could have given him the wrong address on purpose, though, if he's Boston PD and doesn't somehow he knows Billy's... He's figured out that Billy's the but other nobody guy. But know, nobody knows Queen's Undercovers, except Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, maybe he figured it out. <laughs> I don't fucking yeah, know. I don't know. Maybe know. when he spelled citizen correct, he was like, oh, this fucking guy's a cop. He's got it figured out. Uh, he does leave the warehouse, so maybe the guy's like, fuck, he's a rat, too. I'm a rat. He's yeah. a rat. We're all rats. There's other clever things in this movie, too. These would be unanswerable questions we'd have to ask Scorsese. Yeah, but like little things where you see Leo start to get the shun where he's using the new guys yep. and all that stuff. There's a ship coming up, Gloucester or whatever. And then there's just a little scene where he's like, Gloucester, new guys, nothing. You haven't heard anything about that? And Matt Damon's like, no, I wouldn't know. Well, like and, it's just and a little... right when he walks out of the restaurant, he goes, you're a cop. Yeah, exactly. He goes, what? You know, most attractive women are cops? Yeah, people that ignore us are cops. If you ignore us, you're a cop. Most attractive women are cops. I, he's, I, not he's not that Irish. He is not that Irish. He's kind of Irish. He's not that he's pretty Irish. Irish. He's Boston Irish. He was pretty much like, oh, where's my shillelagh? The whole time. No. Yeah. St. Patrick, Del, uh, Fitzy what you do like with my shillelagh? Uh, the one thing, the last thing I have is here. Uh, if someone hands me an envelope and tells me not to open it unless something happens to me, I'm 100% opening that envelope immediately. You think so? Uh, yeah. If you came up to me, Keenan. I'm not giving, I, now I know who not I'm to I'm telling you right that. now, if you give me an envelope and say, if something happens to me, open this. I'm like, I'm going to open this right now. What are you talking about? Of course. Why? No, you can't what? know. You can't imply yourself until I'm dead. Why? What difference does it make? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And did I mean, what ended up happening with it? 
Actually, nothing, because she found the tapes that he... Well, I think it was implied that they were the same. They were the tapes, right? Oh, you think they were the same tapes? Same tape? thing, just a copy. Okay. Because he had no idea they were together. Right. So I think it's implied that what the in, in the envelope she gave him were the copy of the tapes. I wonder if she ended up fucking... I, it's not going to matter because Matt Damon gets popped in the head, but I wonder if she ever ratted him out. I don't think so. Went to the press. Uh, especially since he died, I don't think so. Yeah. And she doesn't know which one, you know, busted or not. Insider, who's yeah, the father? More, of more reason not to do that. Um, I do the the only last note that I have that for things we didn't talk about. Well, I guess I got two. Um, this was the movie that changed my mind on Leo. I think uh, prior in, in to what this, way? Um, well, I guess it was Blood Diamond before this. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Blood Diamond's the one that changed my mind on him. Then. Blood Diamond was 05. I'd always thought he was a bit of a Streisand, and then he was really rocking the shit in that one. Yeah, because you think about it. Before this, he had done. The I, Aviator, which I've still never seen. It's long and boring. Yeah, I've still never seen that. And I knew him from Titanic. It's one of Scorsese's worst movies, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and I was a hipster on Titanic for Titanic the longest was, time. Titanic was fine. Yeah, but when I was a kid, I thought it was boring. Like, uh, well, he'd done Gangs of New York, though. Oh, but I don't think I had seen that before this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Gangs of New York was the one after Titanic. Timeline doesn't necessarily need to make sense, but I do think it was actually Blood Diamond. If that came out before this. It did. It was okay. before this was Blood Diamond. So I was already in on Leo. Never yeah, mind. So it goes Titanic, Gangs of New York, Aviator, Blood Diamond, Departed. Okay. I just watched Blood Diamond like a month or two ago. I still love that. Oh, movie. dude. It holds up. Yeah. Jennifer Conley. So Smoke show. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Rhodesia. <laughs> That's a good movie. That's a it good is. movie. I don't think we could do it for the pod, though. Why not? Well, we might. These, this next 200 episodes or 100 episodes, who the fuck knows? I mean, we're, do, we're doing Leo movies. That's right. All right. Do you know what time it is? It's time for Tipsy Trivia. Oh. This is the portion of the podcast where we have five trivia-based questions from the film. If Keenan gets three of the five correct... I have to shotgun and he doesn't. If he gets less than three correct, he has to shotgun and I don't. But inevitably, we will both end up shotgunning because it's that kind of a show. Number one. Woohoo! Which actor did Scorsese originally want to play the role of Costello? Was it A, Al Pacino, B, Joe Pesci, C, James Caan, or D, Robert De Niro? So three of his boys. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and yeah. throwing James Caan in there. Yeah, I mean they might have worked fair. together in the past, but those other three, I know they they like uh, you know working with. Yeah, Pacino, Pesci, and De Niro clearly all working. Yeah, with. ah, fuck. And between, the, so I'm just gonna say James Con. Pacino. Okay. Pacino was originally offered Costello. He turned it down uh, for I, I think a scheduling reason. I think he was actually keen to do it. I wonder if it was Ocean's Thirteen that came out around this time. It could have been. Yeah. It could have been. But and then again, Matt Damon was in Ocean's Thirteen, so. Yeah, but that's the same thing happened with um oh shit. Uh Yeah, I'm I'm going to skip it because I'm I'm thinking of something in a scenario Moving that I can't remember. On. So, Al Pacino was originally supposed to be Costello in this in He would have done film. good. I I I, I would have liked I hesitate it. to say this. I almost would have I think he could have been better. I I like Jack Nich- Nicholson a lot in it, but Nick Nicholson's good. I think De Niro would have been too reserved. Yeah, but if you're going to get someone to go all out, Al Pacino could have done great at that. Whoa! Yeah, yeah exactly. th- that's the thing. Like, 
Nicholson definitely went out there on this, and he and it wasn't over the top. It was, yeah. but I liked it. But it, Pacino could have been fucking insane, yeah. but in the best way possible. Khan and De Niro too reserved, I think. Yeah. All right. I want to see that House of Gucci movie with Pacino. I don't have any interest. Ah, Pacino's in it. I, I know, see I know, but like he's he also was in Jack and Jill with Adam Sandler. You know. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, over under forty eight million. If you recall, this movie's budget was ninety million. Okay. Over under forty eight million. How much of the budget went to the actors' salaries? Over under is forty eight. All of them. Correct. Well, top build. I'll still say under. Under forty five million. Okay. Went to the the top build actors. Okay, that's a fucking that's half of the it's budget. It's half the budget. Yeah, it's literally half the budget went to the because original. Well, hold on, that'll ruin that'll ruin more. All right, number three. <laughs> Go ahead, tell me. True or false, this is the only film remake to win the Academy Award for Best Picture. True. It is true. All right. Yeah. That was, I told you, it was the remake of the uh, Infernal Affairs. Infernal Affairs, Chinese yeah. film. It's the only remake to ever win uh, Best Picture. All right. Number four. Which actor was originally cast to play Colin Sullivan before Colin. Matt Damon? Matt Damon uh, ended up being the second choice. Okay. So, which actor was originally cast? Was it A, Johnny Depp, B, Brad Pitt, C, Robert Downey Jr., or D, Justin Theroux? Johnny Depp. The answer is B, Brad Pitt. Damn. Plan B Pictures produced this film. He bought the rights to the script way back in the day, and he originally was going to play the part of Colin Sullivan. Really? By the time they were able to get the production underway, he felt he was too old to okay. play Colin Sullivan, so they cast Matt Damon. Okay. Man, I love Brad Pitt. I do, too. We, I, I will watch him any in Brad anything. Pitt movies I don't think we have. We need to rectify that situation. I agree. I love him. Yeah, he's great. He's from, the best. From Missouri? Uh, killing Them Softly. Under Underrated performance from Brad Pitt. Yeah. Very That's good. That's like said on the night that Obama was elected president. It is. I've only seen that once, uh, but I remember cast. liking it. Ray Liotta? It's definitely been long enough that I could watch it and... It'll be like the first time. It's dark as fuck, yeah. but it's really good. I feel like it's permanently on Netflix, too. It could be. It's like always on there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, number five. Which actor was originally cast to play uh, Sergeant Dignam? Man, so they, they went with the B squad in no, this movie, huh? Well, kind of, but no. So there's a, there's a world where this movie has a completely different cast that could be just as good. Yeah. We'll go over it in a second. So which actor was originally cast to play Dignam? Was it A, Ben Affleck? B, Ray Liotta, C, Donnie Wahlberg, or D, Alec Baldwin? Give them to me one more time. Ben Affleck, Ray Liotta, Donnie Wahlberg, or Alec Baldwin? To play the Maki Mock character? Affleck. Ray Liotta. <sighs> I'm glad they didn't go with Ray Liotta. So there was an original cast where this would have been Pacino, Pitt, Liotta, uh, in, in the roles of Costello with... Al Pacino, Colin Sullivan's Brad Pitt, Dignam is Ray Liotta, and was Leo the first choice for? Yes. Okay, Leo was always going to be the, the the choice for um. I I don't know. I'm I feel again. like I'm glad with what they went with, but I'd still really watch that movie. I would watch that movie, um, and who knows? I mean, it might have been just as good, but. I, Ray Liotta's kind of got a sour taste in my mouth right now after the Mini oh, Saints of Newark. After the uh, after the Hollywood Dick Moltisanti role? Yeah. Because he's um, disgusting in he's, that? For lack of a better term, he's just kind of disgusting. He's disgusting. His character, once you get to his character in jail, he's not, I guess, disgusting. But when he's Hollywood <laughs> Dick, he's disgusting. And both times just, he looks disgusting. Another side note. 
That was a little bit of a cop-out from a writing perspective. Like, oh, his twin brother's in jail. I hated that. That was really bad. That's why I'm hoping that it was a fucking vision or like a Dickie was it, in his head. It would make so much more sense if that was just, oh, it was something that was happening. Because it'd be like, oh, this, it's such a bad ride. It's, it's such, such a, a bad trope. Yeah. I just mean, to bring Ray Liotta back for more scenes. Because based on the trailer, I was like, I know he's in, he visits him in jail or something. Well, how the fuck is he dead? Oh, it's his twin brother. Maybe it was just to trick us on the trailer. That's the big twist. Ray Liotta comes back. It's very telenovela where it's like, oh, this man has a, yeah. a secret yeah. twin brother. That's a fucking plot line from Friends. Yeah. And yeah. they did in that movie. Go listen to that episode, Cowards. Cowards. It's like 99 or something. All right. Drinking Buddies. This is the portion of the podcast where you choose a character, not an actor, but a character from the film that you would get irresponsibly shit-faced, fucked up, shy vote, if you will, and I will with Keenan, who is your drinking buddy? I want you to know I was thinking about this okay. throughout the movie, and that didn't help me at all because I was like, fuck, I don't, I don't really want to drink with them either. Yeah. Like, I don't want to drink with Dingham. Or Dignum. Dignum. No, it's, it's all right. Dignum. 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 It's hard to say. Dignum. That is a weird NGH mixed yeah, in there. I well, don't know what order they're it, in. Yeah. When you look at it, it should look like you think you're dyslexic dignum. because you're thinking Dignum, but you think Dingham makes more sense. Yeah. It just, when you put the G and the N opposite each other, yeah. it doesn't add up. Dignant. Dignum. 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 Dig, not Dingham. Dignum. Dignum. So you could kind of say like, hey, man, do you like these beers? And you'd be like, yeah, man, I'm Dignum. I'm dig exactly okay. great, fantastic, dignum. great, great association. Okay, perfect. That's the Missouri slang, Jeff. Slash yeah, yeah, Jeff I'm, Foxworthy I'm, I'm joke dignum. for you. You might be a redneck yeah. if you make that kind of association. You didn't bring your truck with you, did you? Anyway, uh, so I don't want to drink with him. He might fucking show up in footies and kill well, me. The thing about Dignum is he doesn't like. I feel like he's such an unhappy person. He yeah. doesn't get along or like anyone. Yeah, at no point is he just chill in that movie. Like he treats everyone like shit, and then the only person that he vindicates is leo's character and he hates leo i see i don't think he actually hated leo by the end of it you uh, know yeah i i think they did have i think he just that's he kind of wanted to be a dick to everyone well, maybe he's just a dick but that's just the way his he character liked martin was. sheen's character because by the end i think the fact that he did come back to get justice for leo well, and, and redeems uh, most of his dickishness. And Captain Queenan. And I think, Captain I Queenan. think it was both of them. Definitely both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll just go to that bar that they're in with the cranberry juice and just kind of sit there and drink by myself, I guess, and hope no one talks to me. Drink with Mr. French? Mr. French. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. As long as they're, I mean, I fuck, I don't know. There's really no safe choice on this one. <laughs> uh, No, not really. I'm I, a Costello's a fucking head or uh costigan is a head case costello would kill me probably french would yeah but french is more of a, like an attack dog like, yeah he's uh well unless, unless you're his wife um oh i'm gonna go with cousin costigan because he's just a cokehead and you know okay he might get you into trouble yeah, but he's, he's him, not yeah. gonna kill you you end up in a precinct in southie but he's he's not gonna move up in the criminal underworld you know you're it wouldn't be Puerto Rican. <laughs> you make it. You're, I keep thinking you're breaking into a song. No, I'm telling you, <laughs> sounds like a musical. I will send you the YouTube. Sounds clip. like the most racist musical no, ever. <laughs> it, it's when he comes out of the crack house. Or the I, know, I mean, I know what you're talking you about. You know now. the scene I'm talking he's about. He's driving around yeah. and he's cops. And he's, he's like super high. Head. Yeah, he's like. But I, I don't remember. If they knew anything, like they wouldn't that. be Puerto Rican. <laughs> he doesn't sing. He does it, say it. He doesn't sing. He kind of sings it. He kind of sings it. All right. All right.
Uh, all right. Oh, Rotten Tomatoes over under. I will set the critics at an 89%. Uh, over. 90% from the critics. All right. I will set the audience at a 95%. Under. 94%. All right. The IMDb was... 8.7? 8.5. Very good. Dude, you, you almost swept that, Keenan. Good job. Well, I did look up something on the IMDb. I can't remember what it was. Oh, yeah. I just went to it for the fucking IMDb analysis. That's, I was just on the IMDb page, and I still got it wrong. Fuck. No, that was a while back. Hey, let's, let's throw a random one in here. Okay. So if it's at an 85, yep. well, it's, it's, it's likely to be in... Let me just make sure. I mean, this is the one time where the critics, the audience on Rotten Tomatoes, and IMDb all pretty much agree. Okay, here we go. This is what I was hoping. Most movies we do on this podcast will not make this list. But this movie, here's one for you, Rob. Okay. Trivia for you. Shoot. Uh, maybe I should do over under. Okay. So this movie is within the IMDb top 250 movies. Okay. Um, it's on the list somewhere. Over under... And by this sense, under, closer to one. Yeah, right. Over, above. W closer to one or further away from one. Which I guess is how over, under works. Yeah. <laughs> but under being the better. Correct. In this sense. Yes. Uh, which is what I should have said. So we'll set the over, under at 47. Oh, wow. Um, Top 250. I'm going to go over. It's under. Really? I'm glad I, I'm glad I did it. What if I would have said 42? What would you have said? I definitely would have said over at 42. Because okay. so, I, I said over at 47. So I would have said over at 42. Uh, it's under 47, over 42. It's 45. So it's in the top 50 of the top two. Top 50. Wow. Okay. Yeah, no, it's a good movie. It's uh, good. The one right above it at 44, Gladiator. Okay. Which I think is a great movie. Uh, I'm okay with that. Right above that at 43 is Whiplash. Which I never saw, but I feel like it can't be better than either of these movies. Mm, I don't agree with that one. Um, and then who's doing this list? Is this just movies? a random list, or is it? No, just this is the IMDb ranking... top rated movies. Okay, okay. Based on their users and the scores. I, mean, I like J.K. Simmons in that film. Uh, I, I don't think it's 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 fine. Okay, here's a movie that's underneath it, uh, and I'll stop with this one. Number forty, American History X. That's interesting. I that like that though. No, I'm okay with that. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot to analyze in American history. Oh no, sorry, I was thinking of American Psycho. You said American History X. Yeah, it's fucked up. That's even yeah. No, that one's good. That yeah. one's that one's good. Yeah, I think American History X is better than American Psycho as well. So different. They're so, so different. different. It's yeah. one's like an art house comedy, and the other one's a. Oh yeah, they're super different. They're way different. <laughs> I mean, one's like an art house film. Yeah. One's an art house comedy. A dark art house comedy. Art house dark drama. Yeah. All right, well, that does it for episode 101 of Real Buzz Takes. We are the Real Buzz 2 tonight. Keenan, take us out. You know, only one of us here is a cop, Rob. We are the Real Buzz crew, and we review the best of the worst for you. This concludes our broadcast day. I'm good. I'm good. How's your mother? Oh, thank you.